The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome, listener. I'm glad you're here. Take a seat. Next to the fire. Welcome to Obscura, where we shine a light on the dark. January 7th, 2007, the early morning hours, Vancouver, Washington. Sunday, 1, 7, 2007, at 0703. 9 how may I help you? Um, I'm Dylan Peterson, and I just killed two people. Who did you kill? Uh, Matthew Nagel and, uh... And, uh, mm, Mrs. Nagel, I guess. Dylan R. Peterson, age 25, has just committed a monstrous act. Dylan was living with the Nagel family for a little over two months at the time that he killed Matthew Nagel, age 15, and Matthew's mother, Sandy Terrell, age 45. Okay, where are you at right now? I am at, uh, 21... No. And how did you kill them? With a knife. Are they there too? Um, not anymore. Where are they at? Uh, well, they're they're here physically, but they're not here, uh, yeah, spiritually. Their, Their bodies are there? Yeah. Who are they to you? Who are they to me? Uh huh. No one. Dylan had befriended his classmate, Nick Nagel, as they both attended the same culinary school. The two hit it off quickly. Dylan's finances were going poorly. Before long, he lost his apartment and faced homelessness. Nick talked his parents into allowing Dylan to stay at their home until he got back on his feet, an act of kindness that wouldn't go unpunished. What's your name? I'm Dylan Peterson. Peterson, what's yeah. your first name? Joan? No, Joan Peterson. Joan, D-O-A-N? What? How do you spell your first name? How do I spell my first name? Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. And what's your middle initial, Dylan? 
are in your date of birth. Come on, I just killed two people. What's your date of birth, Dylan? Come on. Dylan, how old are uh, you? Just, uh, the lights on. Get them here. Okay, where are you at in the house? At the front door. Where's the knife at? Where's the knife at? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, Dylan, tell me where the knife is at. You know where it's at. No. The knife? I'll look for it. No, I don't want you to get it. I want you to tell me where it's at in the house. I'm... Um... um no. I okay, killed well, two people. It's awful. Why did you kill them? Why? Uh-huh. Why? Oh. Do you live there? No. Okay. How did you get into their house? They let me in. Okay. Really? No. Come on. I killed two people. I, under, I understand that, John. You got that? Yes. I killed two people. I okay. killed them. Why did you kill them? Why? Yes. Because. Because why? Because I was born to. Oh. Eric Nagel, Matthew and Nick's father, wasn't home during the murder. He was away for business reasons, and his ex-wife Sandy was house-sitting while he was away. Vancouver K Street. There's an orange Camaro outside. There's a red neon, you know, somewhere near. Is the Camaro yours? No. 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 Okay. You've got to be kidding me. Okay. What type of I car know, do you have? Easy. I would have done it sooner. Do you realize that? What type of car do you have, Dylan? Nice. knife. I don't drive. Come okay. on. Give me a break. Where do you live at? Oh, awful. Awful. It's terrible. I call 911, and there's no cops here. Okay, we're... I gave, you, I, I gave you the street, the cross street. I gave you everything. And and there are two people dead, and it's bloody, and it's gross. Okay, how long ago did you do this? After I knew both of them were dead? No. How long ago did that happen? Are you sure that they're how dead? How long ago? Yes. <laughs> oh, poor Sandy just stopped breathing. Poor Sandy just stopped breathing. Okay. Poor Sandy. Poor Is Sandy. anybody else there with you? No. No, there's not. But there's a ton of blood. Oh, okay. Are God. you still by the front door? Um, no, but the front door is open. The front door is open? Yeah. The okay. dog's outside. Where are you at in the house? by the front door. It's not a big apartment. Okay. It was the morning when Dylan stabbed both Matthew and Sandy to death. One thing I find disturbing about the call is that Dylan seems annoyed that the 911 dispatcher isn't more shocked by the call. It's hard to tell how much Dylan is being theatrical versus how mentally ill he actually is. There's part of how he's behaving that reminds me of an over-the-top comic book villain or wrestling character. 
as if Dylan was partially playing a role. Not a big apartment. Sitting outside with blood all over myself. Are you inside or outside right now? I'm outside. I'm uh, I'm in the doorway talking to you, okay. looking at the trellis that is uh, that is toppled over. Yeah. No. I killed two people with a knife. Okay. I killed two people with a knife. Do you know what that takes? It takes a lot. Awful. It's terrible. It's awful. Okay. Do you know where the knife is right now? Where? No. Do you have it on you? No. Okay. No. I killed him and I lost it. You think I'm shitting you? You really think I'm shitting you? No, I believe uh, you, Dylan. I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. No. That is terrible. Terrible. I killed him. Do you know those people, or you just picked that out? Everything comes to an end, right? Everything. I killed two fucking people. I killed them. I can't believe I killed them, but I did. I killed them. I killed them both. It was me. Yeah, there's blood everywhere. There was a fight. It was terrible. What happened? They let you in and you uh, had a fight with them? There are, there are lifeless bodies here. Did you go there with mm. the intention to kill them, Dylan? Oh. Hmm. What, the intention? Oh, I think they're here. I think the cops are here. Okay. They want you to stay on the phone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, the cops are here. Doug's barking the cops are here. Okay. Yeah, they're here. All right. Okay, stay on the phone until I tell you no, it's I'm okay fine. to hang up, okay? The cops are here. They're here. Yeah, no. Oh. Man. Ah. Uh. Are you still in the doorway? No. Where are you at now? I'm waiting for the cops. I know you're waiting for the cops. I know I'm waiting for the cops. Are you inside or outside? Oh. <sighs> Shit. It was me. It was all me. The massacre. Disgusting. No, don't stop. They said no, don't stop. No. No. <sighs> I saw the knife. I saw the knife months ago. I saw the knife. Oh, yeah. Mm. My goodness. There's a talented boy right here. And his sick mother. Oh, there were a ton of people here. There were a ton of people here. When this happened, there were a ton of people there? No. Oh, okay. No. No, it wasn't.
Come on. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. I'm talking to you. I'm staying on the phone. Yeah, I understand it's not a joke. Yeah. There's nobody here. Yeah. No. Is that your dog that's there? They're here. Yeah, that's that's the dog. Is it your dog? Do you know what its name is? Uh, it's Daisy. Daisy? Mm-hmm. What type Daisy. of dog is it? Daisy. It's a, it's a black lab. Okay. Where is it at right now? Is it outside or inside? Oh, they're here. All right. Okay. Make sure your hands are visible. I will. If they call you out, okay? Okay. Okay, make sure your hands are All up right. and visible. You don't I have a bloody hand. Okay, make sure they're up and visible. In the final moments of the call, a bone-chilling scream can be heard. I'm going to play some of the quiet moments leading to this moment to let things build. Some speculate that this is a friend or family member of the Nagel family arriving and reacting to the gruesome scene. Okay, go ahead and go out, Dylan. reports the murderer sat in Clark County support court Tuesday his eyes turned downward as friends and family members of his two victims spoke Sandra J Terrell's mother Betty Montgomery said she missed talking and laughing with her daughter Whitney Ling 16 called her longtime friend 15 year old Matthew E Nagel my little brother my big brother my other half you are cold and evil but you will never take their memory from us. 
Langtold Dylan R. Peterson, 25, and an April Rainman, Peterson pleaded guilty to two counts of first-degree murder and agreed to a prison sentence of more than 57 years. In return, Deputy Prosecutor Tony Golick agreed not to file aggravated murder charges and seek the death penalty, a possibility because Peterson admitted killing more than one person. After the sentencing, Peterson's mother, two sisters, and brother, who had traveled from Idaho, wiped tears from their eyes. They declined to give their names. They approached Nagel and Montgomery, repeating time and time again, I'm so sorry. Surprised, Nagel shook their hands and nodded. I don't think anybody really understands, Montgomery gently told Peterson's family. An obituary was posted for 15-year-old Matthew Nagel that I believe is worth reading here. It reads, Matthew Eric Nagel, 15, of Vancouver, Washington, died January 7, 2007. He was born April 22, 1991, in Vancouver, Washington, to Sandy Terrell and Eric Nagel. At the time of his death, he was a sophomore at Hudson Bay's High School and had many friends in the Evergreen School District. He was an avid guitarist, enthusiastic skateboarder. Matthew is survived by his father, Eric Nagel, grandmother, Betty Terrell, grandfather, Carl Terrell, grandfather, Bill Nagel, brothers, Nick Nagel, and Cody Dusha. He was loved by many and is missed by all. One final thing to note surrounding this case is that to this day, there hasn't been an established motive. In his 911 call, Dylan R. Peterson simply stated that he was born to kill. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. In the second half of this episode, I'm going to cover a more recent event. And this one's going to be a little bit more off the cuff than usual. I have some documents up and I'm going to be reading from them. But what I should warn you is that the subject matter here is a little blue. But the subject is extremely graphic. And if you hear anything that starts to bother you... I would suggest turning the episode off. That out of the way, let's get into it. Three days ago, Samantha Lee White and her husband, John White, were arrested. What they were arrested for is something that will no doubt destroy their reputation. This charge will always be tied to them. And 
while they haven't been prosecuted yet, and at least one of them has pled not guilty, there will be no escape from this. It is bad enough that it is bad enough that after they potentially serve time, I would imagine the best course of action would be to change their names. Now, you might be asking, what could be so bad about this? Well, before we get into this, when I first read the headlines, like many others do, I hopped online and I searched up their Facebooks. And what you see is a very happy family. You see a husband, a wife living in Florida with their children and their dogs. And they take a lot of pictures and they have pictures dating back to where Samantha White, the wife, was very young. I mean, I want to say younger teens, as young as like 13, smiling, posing with her dog. Then eventually, you know, gets older, gets married, has kids. The world is their oyster. They have their whole lives ahead of them. Now, what I'm going to do instead of for those not in the know, uh, kind of spoiling things, so to speak. I am going to read the probable cause statement and things will unveil themselves. Now, again, if you are sensitive to what starts coming out here, just turn the episode off. Uh, All right. So let's get into it. The probable cause statement reads on February 15th, 2024, Detective Sin Chi of Lee County Sheriff's Office along with other members of the Lee County Sheriff's Office, executed a residential search warrant at address here, I'm not going to read it, for an unrelated case pertaining to a child sexual abuse material investigation. That I find interesting, because although some people might have slammed the stop button already, this doesn't have to do with child sexual abuse material. So if you're sensitive to the child part, I'll let you know that's not where we land here. Lee County Sheriff's Office Detective Patrick Baricelli and Detective Sin Chi made contact with resident Samantha Lee White, a white female with date of birth March 3, 1997, who agreed to provide a non-custodial statement. During the statement, Samantha was advised she was not under arrest and free to exit the vehicle anytime she wished, to which she advised she understood. Now, listener... I'm sure most of you know, if in the same situation, you are advised that you're free to exit at any time and you can speak to a lawyer and that you're not under arrest, you should probably do that. But I digress. Samantha provided the following statement, which is not verbatim. Samantha is fascinated by horse penis, and it is interesting to her of how the horse's penis flares out. She has watched possibly five videos of horses' penises, which include horses having sex with other horses and a female person performing oral sex on the horse's penis. Samantha locates the types of video by searching for horse sex on Google. Samantha has searched around other sex videos of various animals to see what piques her interest. Samantha has also watched canine sex videos to see if canines interest her. Initially, Samantha declined to answer if she made any videos with animals, saying that she was not comfortable talking about her sexual activities with a male detective present. Detective Sin Chi advised Detective Baricelli could step out so Samantha could be more comfortable 
to which she agreed. Detective Sinchi asked Samantha her involvement with canines. Samantha advised she has allowed her brown Labrador retriever, canine, Ruger, to penetrate her vagina with his penis a couple of times, with the last occurrence being a month or so ago. Samantha advised the sexual interaction with her canine was, quote, not my thing, but since a horse's penis fascinated her, she decided to engage in sexual acts with her canine. Samantha further explained that there is a knot on a canine's penis, which caused the canine to become locked up with another canine. When they engage in sex, that interested Samantha, and she wondered how a canine penis could differ from a male's penis, due to its autonomy and if she and her canine would get stuck together, like canines do. Samantha clarified that her canine's penis did not get locked up after the sexual intercourse. Samantha also stated initially she had sexual interaction with her canine when her husband, John White, a white male with a date of birth May 1st, 1995, was not present. Samantha was not sure if John was interested in watching her and the canine engaging in sex. Samantha proceeded to say that the first time John attempted to be present when she had sexual intercourse with their canine, the canine became aggressive and territorial. From that time, John only watched her engaging in sex with the canine from behind the door as to not have the canine notice him. Samantha would engage in sexual intercourse with her canine either in the living room or the bottom bedroom where all her clothes were located. Samantha advised she did not know why the sexual interactions kept happening, but said sometimes when she drinks, she gets horny, or at other times, her husband would be asleep or showering and felt like her male canine was giving her attention. Samantha further said sexual intercourse with her canine was enjoyable for two minutes out of the whole interaction due to the canine getting territorial afterwards. Samantha advised she engaged in sexual intercourse with her canine four to five times, which included the canine penis penetrating her vagina or the canine humping her when he wasn't able to penetrate her. Detective Patrick Barcelli and Detective Sinchi also made consensual contact with John, who agreed to non-custodial interview outside the Detective Sinchi's vehicle. During the interview, John was advised he was not under arrest and free to walk away at any time he wished, to which he advised he understood. John provided the following statement, which is not verbatim. John denied knowledge of how his cell phone could have ended up inside the toilet bowl where it was located by detectives. After John took an extended amount of time to exit the residence during search warrant service and announcements of law enforcement, John advised that there was pictures of himself and his wife Samantha having sex with a canine on his cell phone. The canine involved in the sexual acts with Samantha is their chocolate male Labrador retriever. John believes there are one or two files depicting Samantha engaging in sex acts with their canine. John stated the files would have been captured by him or Samantha. John recalls taking a video of Samantha engaging in sex acts with their canine sometime in the end of last year, 2023, the beginning of this year, 2024. John stated the day of the incident, Samantha and he were drinking, and the canine was being annoying. John does not recall who mentioned engaging in sexual acts with the canine, but he believes it would have been Samantha. He video recorded the sex act in which the canine penetrated his wife vaginally with his penis. This occurred in the downstairs living room. John denied participation of the sex act with the canine. 
Based on the above information, Detective Sinchi finds probable cause to place Samantha White under arrest for sexual activities involving animals and John White for violation of filming any pornographic image or video of a person and an animal engaged in any sort of sexual activities prohibited by this section. And so, yeah, that might have been a bit of surprise for those that hadn't heard of the case, but... After I read the articles, I went digging in the Florida records, which, if you're not aware of, are very accessible. And I was very shocked by the filings. And the case is still ongoing. I probably won't follow up on it or anything. Man, what an awful case. Four of their animals have been seized, thankfully. If anything, I feel terrible for the children in this situation. I would hope that it might, they might go to some grandparents or some extended family member. These two do not need to be raising children, as far as I'm concerned, especially since the initial search warrant was for child abuse images. And yeah, that leads me to question what else has Mr. John White and Mrs. Samantha Lee White been engaged with? What has these children been through? It is all left to speculation. I can't say directly that they're guilty or anything, but when they're doing these initial interviews and it's absolutely unbelievable and he's throwing his phone in the toilet, I mean, they look pretty guilty here. Anyway, one thing I will ask is after you hear this episode and you likely track down their Facebook or whatever, like a lot of people like to do. Please don't leave mean messages on their Facebook. Not for their sake. I don't personally care about how they specifically feel. But for the sake of their kids, their family, and their friends. This is a lot for a family to go through. And I don't even know how the kids are going to be able to handle this. Uh, considering they're not currently the youngest. And I don't know how their family is going to handle this. This is something that is going to haunt this family for many years. So yeah, be decent. Don't track them down. Don't post comments on their Facebook. And I think that about wraps today's episode up. Um, I hope you enjoyed this new segment here where I covered something a little bit more recent, uh, as disturbing as it was. And I thank you for listening. Keep the fire burning. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.